This message is made available by the partners and friends of Breakthrough Miracle Life. Catch our live broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on internet radio at mixlr.com forward slash B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U. Praise the Lord, everybody, and, and greetings um, from Uganda uh, in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, we, we thank God for the opportunity to be a part of, of what God is doing uh, in the world. We also thank God uh, particularly for the ministry breakthrough has not just uh, in Eastern and Kampala, but the world over. Um, the word is running forth swiftly and being glorified. We, we thank God for that. I am privileged to be a part of uh, Breakthrough. And I, I thank you, Pastor Noah, and your wife, and the ministry team, Nyeston uh, Lunguja, for the continuous support and the recognition of what God is doing and what God has placed on my heart. I I really uh, sense that I need to share on uh, on some basics, some foundational truths. And as um, a minister who is called in the line of foundations, I will I will just take us back to some basics and some certain things that God has brought to to light uh, concerning uh, our salvation, which which I've, I've found quite exciting, but, but also very interesting. And since the focus of the year is uh, evangelism, uh, this really comes in at a, a very handy time. So uh, if you don't mind, I will share a, a presentation. We just have a summary of uh, the scriptures, but uh, at least the face you have seen. So if you could kindly allow me to, to share my screen, I will I will go ahead and and share it. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah. So this is our salvation essentials, uh, lessons from the Acts and. I will just uh, trust that God will give us utterance uh, to speak His holy written word with boldness and also give you clarity of understanding in the name of Jesus. That the eyes of your heart may be flooded with light, that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the hope, the glorious riches of His inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty strength, which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and showed him to be the son of God with power, that our faith and hope might be in God, not in man. Now, uh, if you will just go through, we will go backwards and not forward. So we'll start with Acts chapter 19. And uh, when you look at the scriptures there, in Acts chapter 19, uh, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he asked 
He said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And it seems to me from, from, from this scripture here that it seems to me from this scripture here that uh, it seemed almost automatic that uh, he receiving the Holy Spirit followed salvation. Because when they said to him, we have not so much as had where there be any Holy Ghost. Then he said unto the man to what then were you baptized? <laughs> and they said to him, unto John's baptism. And then he said, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. From this scripture, we see certain things. That one, believing on the Lord Jesus was key, not just a repentance of and the baptism of repentance from John's baptism, but believing on the Lord Jesus. Two, baptism. Baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. And three, receiving the Holy Spirit. And we can see what receiving the Holy Spirit looks like in this scripture. The scripture tells us, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, they speak with tongues and prophesy. So receiving the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit coming upon uh, believers in the Lord Jesus. And the evidence is speaking with tongues uh, at least and prophesying and magnifying God, which is the other we seeing in the scripture. So these three aspects of salvation, believing in the Lord Jesus, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and receiving the Holy Spirit are foundational. And uh, don't take just one scripture for it. We are going to see this pattern along the way. And then we will have some reflections around that. So we will then move to Acts chapter 11 uh, from verse uh, 12. This is the story uh, of Peter, uh, when he went back to Jerusalem after being in Cornelius' house, and they were asking him why he ate with Jew, uh, Gentiles and fellowship with them, and he, he began to tell them the whole story. And uh, in verse 12, uh, he says, And the Holy Spirit instructed me to accompany them, these men from Caesarea, who, who Cornelius had sent. And the Holy Spirit instructed me to accompany them without the least hesitation or misgivings or discrimination. That's from the Amplified. This is a Holy Spirit directive. Okay? So these six brethren accompanied me also, and we went into the man's house. So they had three men from uh, Caesarea, and then six brethren uh, of the Jews of the circumcision with Peter. 
And he, and uh, verse 13, and he related to us how that he had seen the angel in his house which stood and said to him, Send men to Joppa and bring Simon, who is son named Peter. He will give and explain to you a message by means of which you and all your household as well will be saved from eternal death. Now, hey, this is beautiful. He will give and explain to you a message by which you and your household shall be saved. So, the message of salvation was preached in this house. Verse 15. And as I began to speak what the message of salvation, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Message of salvation being preached Holy Ghost falling on them subsequently. So if the Holy Ghost is not falling, you wonder what message is being preached anyway. Then I remembered I, the word of the Lord, verse 16, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, why is Peter relating this experience of baptism in the Holy Ghost to the falling of the Holy Ghost to the subsequent to the preaching of the message of salvation. It seems that these elements are go together. Yeah, they go together. And then he said in verse 17, for as much, for as much, no diminution of those of Holy Ghost for as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed see believing message of salvation gift gift of the Holy Spirit hmm? who what was I that I could withstand God now See that the first verse we read was the Holy Spirit instructed him and said, go with these men without any discrimination, without any misgivings, without any hesitation. And then he said, what was I that I could withstand God? This is a God-mandated thing. Verse 18, when they had these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. What is repentance unto life? Repentance unto life is hearing the message of salvation, receiving the message, being uh, receiving Jesus, and it is subsequently followed by receiving the gift. Of the Holy Spirit. Those three things are key, which reflect repentance unto life. So it seems to me that receiving the Holy Spirit is like the seal, the gift. If God gave them the like gift as a gift was when we believed, who was I that I could withstand God? So they glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. These all summarized uh, repentance unto life. 
them believing on that message, and them receiving the Holy Spirit. And we are going to see that uh, they were baptized in water in uh, Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 40, because this scripture in Acts chapter 11, 12 to 18, is relating to Acts chapter 10, verse 42 to 48, which we shall go to uh, right now. And so the story is really of Cornelius and how an angel came to him and all that. And he sends Peter uh, to, to, Joppa, uh, to Joppa, where Cornelius was. And then uh, verse 42. And he commanded us to preach. This is Peter speaking. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained of God, he which was ordained of God to be judged, the judge of quick and death. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And we can talk about the, the, pre, the preamble to salvation, but... Uh, that's, that's not for today, uh, about the sacrifice, the fall of man, uh, Adam and the first Adam, and how uh, Jesus is uh, the propitiation for our sins, not only ours, but the sins of the whole world, and then God so loved the world that he gave his son. All that is the preamble to this. So basically, Peter preaches the gospel. He preaches the message of salvation. And verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which had the word. And they of the circumcision, those six men that accompanied Peter, which believed, were astonished as many as came with Peter because that all the Gentiles also was powered out the gift of the Holy Ghost. All the Gentiles also was powered out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they had them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water? Literally, can any man withstand God at this point? Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So we can see again, hearing the message of salvation, the Holy Ghost baptism happened right there and then, and then he said, can any man forbid water? So when he relates this to withstanding God and relates the gift of the Holy Spirit following belief in Jesus Christ, for me this seems to put together the, the, the picture of who is, a new, who is a New Testament believer. What are the three tenets? What are the three essentials? One, believe the message of the gospel. The time is fulfilled. Jesus, we receive Jesus as uh, the, 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 the payment for our sins and receive him as Lord and Savior. Two, be baptized, be water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And three, receive the Holy Ghost upon you with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. This is the second instance where we see. 
And for me uh, personally, this answered a lot of questions. Uh, focusing on the evangelism because sometimes uh, you, you wonder, I'm not on the street preaching. And I think that is one component uh, to preach the message on whatever platform God has given us to, to preach the message of salvation. But remember that this is also coupled with people being baptized in water. And the baptism of water is not ceremonial. It is actually a pledging of a conscience toward God and a public announcement of, of, of our union with Christ. And I don't think we've given it as much emphasis as we should. Uh, like many foundational things, sometimes they, 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 are, they are left down there in the foundation obscure, but they are really essential to the building of the body of Christ. And then the baptism with the Holy Spirit or receiving the baptism or the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, those, those aspects are key to the whole uh, salvation package. So even after evangelism this year, let us remember that there is the preaching of the message by which people will be saved. You know, people are preaching any messages. People are preaching messages whereby people will be excited. But we need to preach a message with their true gospel, where people will be saved. That is accompanied by baptism in water, and that is accompanied also by the baptism with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sometimes it didn't matter, uh, but those three were there. In Acts chapter 19, we saw... Uh, and they believed in, in the Lord, they, they, they believed in the message of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul laid his hands on them, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Here we can see they had the message of salvation, the Holy Ghost fell on them, and then Paul Peter said, Can anyone forbid water? And they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Huh. Then we will move on to. Oh, I, I mentioned there in the PowerPoint that the unclean God has made clean. And that has that broke down the distinction between Jew and Gentile uh, in terms of the written God. And this this is very key that God has gone beyond uh, barriers, beyond uh, racial barriers, beyond um, religious barriers. He has gone, he has crossed and I think we should we should also respect that that God God will go to Roman Catholics God will go to Anglican God will go to I mean God found us in some of these places yeah and he the message goes beyond uh, cultural uh, traditional religious backgrounds so let us be bold to preach the message and the signs shall follow then Acts chapter nine verse eleven this is a story. Uh, of Paul's conversion. And uh, it's very interesting to look at it in this light. One, uh, one uh, the Lord said to him, this is now speaking to Ananias, Arise and go to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and seeth in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias said, Lord, I have heard by this man, by many of this man, how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said to him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. 
For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. Now, do you notice that the Lord gave specific instructions here? In the same way, Peter is saying, if God gave them the like gift as he did on us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could withstand God? In other words, opposing these, these three aspects for, be, for, for the Gentiles was withstanding God. So we see this is a God thing. So when, when people, when you hear people tampering with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, when you hear people tampering with the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus, or with the message of salvation itself, this is actually tampering with a God thing. So we need to be uh, careful. We need, to, we need to actually be bold that we are doing the Lord's mandate. Now, Putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, now Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, asked me that thou might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. When he had received it, he was strengthened. And then there was there, then was so certain days the disciples, which were in Damascus. And I, I know I'm talking about three essential things, but there are other things that do follow. But we can see clearly one, a God mandate. So he had become he had become a believer because Ananias put in his hands on him, brother Saul. You know, you don't call someone who has been slaying the saints a brother unless you know, something has happened, and he had received, he had believed on the Lord, who said, so he has been saved, that you, uh, he has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Now, it doesn't say here expressly that he, he spoke in tongues, but we know that Peter, Paul spoke in tongues in First Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in the church I'd rather speak five, blah, blah. Okay. So we see that the, he was filled, if he received his sight, uh, if the mission was to receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost, he received his sight, he was also filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he arose and was baptized. And that, then the Bible says he was there certain days with the disciples. So there's an aspect of fellowship, which we shall see later, but as the essentials for the, the, the individual, the message of salvation, uh, baptism in the name of the Lord, and being baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost. And now we can see they, they put different names here to the same experience. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit being poured out on the Gentiles, um, them receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, they are all uh, similar terms for the same experience. Okay, uh, now we've looked at that, we shall look at now Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, 1, one and then we will go through. Uh, oh, I think I have skipped the scripture. Yes, I skipped the scripture in this PowerPoint, which is quite key. Acts chapter 8. This is exciting. Now, this, this, this is the story of the Samaritans. Um, 
the Samaritans, where Philip went to preach uh, after the, the, the persecution had begun in Jerusalem, uh, people were scattered all, all, all over the place, and uh, Philip goes to Samaria. Now, we read in Acts chapter 8 from verse 12 to 21. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And I believe that this is very key for us as we uh, evangelize, that we are preaching nothing other than the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. These are things when Jesus rose from the dead, spoke about, yeah, he taught the kingdom of God. I think uh, it's important for us to understand that we must preach the true gospel. We shouldn't preach denominations. We shouldn't preach against denominations. We should preach the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. Whatever other distinctions really need to be made shall be made, but we must preach the kingdom of God and the name. The name of Jesus Christ. I believe when we do that, we are aligning ourselves for signs to follow. Because once we get into a place and we are invoking that name, that name, that dead-raising, life-giving, death-defying name, signs have to follow because we have invoked him in the place. But when we begin to proclaim and preach differences, uh, <laughs> who is going to show up there? You know? So anyway, uh, 12, but when they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. So they have believed concerning the kingdom of God. They have believed Philip preaching concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. So they have believed in the Lord Jesus. Number two, they are baptized. And can you imagine both men and women, why do you think that both men and women is there? There is no distinction. There is neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile. These distinctions are coming up. And sometimes I think the, the, the scripture leaves them in there to clearly understand for us that these separations that men have put are not things concerning the kingdom of God. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, this was now Simon the sorcerer, who was the sorcerer. He believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. Huh. And wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles, which were Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what is receiving the word of God? Believing the message of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, being baptized. They sent unto them Peter and John. So we are seeing they have two of the three essentials. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might do what? They might thought that they might get a visa to the U.S., although we are, love them and we are coming, by the way, strong. Uh, but they said that they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. 
Now, you would wonder, don't they have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them? They do. By virtue of a believer receiving Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes within them yeah, to, to, to cause that new creation reality. You become a new creature in Christ, and that is through the word of God. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And he comes in you, but he's like a well of water springing up to eternal life. John, um, John, Jesus said that, in, in, that any man who drinks of this water shall thirst. But he who drinks uh, the, the water that I shall give him, he was talking to the Samaritan woman, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become a well in him, springing up to everlasting life. Yeah. And then he also talks about in John chapter 7, uh, verse 37, 13, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And by this he spoke concerning the Spirit, which they that believe on him were later to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not been glorified. So there are two experiences to the same Holy Spirit within the life of the believer. So, they have believed, they have been baptized. The next agenda is for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. For, he, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. That means he fell on them, as he did on the group in uh, Acts chapter 10, as they came on them in the group in Acts chapter 19. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. I want us to note here that in every place we have read, all the people that are hearing the word, that are believing, are receiving the Holy Spirit. All of them. Some are not getting two out of three. Everybody's getting three out of three. All the men, all the twelve men in Acts chapter 19, all them which had the word in Acts chapter 10, 42 to 48, all, of course, uh, the, the, the individual, uh, Paul, in Acts chapter 9, and now here, whomsoever was laid hands on by the apostles, received the Holy Ghost. But Peter said to him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, or in, in what is being said here, or like the Uganda version said, For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. And then continues. So we see here that they believed, they were baptized. The next thing was for them to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Or to be baptized, or, or to, or have for the Holy Ghost to come upon them. So the message of salvation, the baptism in the water in the name of the Lord Jesus, and the receiving of the Holy Ghost. You see that again. Okay. Now we will we will quickly wade through Acts chapter two. This, this is a long one because it, it really gives a whole background uh, on the day of Pentecost. So we'll, 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 we will dash through it. Now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And 
suddenly the truth came as sound from heaven. You guys, this is a heaven business. This is a God thing. We we shouldn't withstand God. In the preaching of the message of salvation, we shouldn't withstand God in the baptizing of people in the name of the Lord Jesus. We shouldn't withstand God in the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they are I like to say they were sitting, so they didn't have to be climbing some anthill trying to reach heaven. They were sitting. You can receive from God sitting. Ah. And they appeared unto the clothing tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. It's not just communal, everybody, but it is individual, each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with patterns as the Spirit of Emotions. Then did I say more? The scripture is, has done it once, twice, thrice, literally we are seeing this is the at least the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem. And I want to note that it is them who were doing the talking, but it is the Spirit who was giving them the utterance. They were praying out of their hearts, they were speaking out of their spirits, with the utterance of the Holy Spirit, but it was them doing the talking. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, it was loud, people had stuff, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying unto another, Behold, and not all these which speak Galileans, how, how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we are born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygian, Pamphylia and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya and, and about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and Prophets, Greeks and Arabians, we do them speak our tongue, the wonderful works all and and they were all amazed and in doubt and were in doubt saying one to another, What mean this? These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, Ye men of Judea and all the dwellers of Jerusalem, be known unto you and hearken to my words. These are for these are not drunken as you suppose. Drunken but not as you suppose, saying that is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. What? This thing that was noised abroad. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, said God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams, and all my servants and hunting shall pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel is prophesying about salvation. And he's prophesying about salvation. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved by talking about the Spirit being poured out on all flesh. Amazing. 
that we are relating salvation with the pouring out of the Spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters, remember Acts chapter 8, we are baptized both men and women, men servants and handmaids, all flesh. Okay, then he talks about Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by God. Basically, he talks about the salvation bit and story and continues. We will skip to verse uh, uh, 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which you now see and hear. They had them, they saw them speaking the wonderful works of God in other tongues. Mm-hmm. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he himself, he said himself, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they had this, they were their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized one and two. Every one of you. How many? Every one of you. This message is for every one of them. Every one of y'all. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It seems like the, the gift of the Holy Ghost is like the crowning, the seal. Because after, after those three things happened, no one was seeing anything to do with salvation. Now continue in the doctrine, in fellowship, etc. Et but those three, repent and be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to unto you, unto your children, and to all who are afar off. These are now Jews, Gentiles, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, thank you, breakthrough, and in prayers. Continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, we thank God for Apostle Raymond and the doctrines and fellowship, and fellowship, we thank God for the teams that make this happen, and in the breaking of bread, hallelujah, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and then they believed, they that believed had, were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions, and continued daily in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, praising God, having favor with all the people. And I think this is a blueprint uh, for, for the work of God among believers, that believers, people come to the Lord, receive His Spirit, continue in, uh, in doctrine and in fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear comes upon every soul. Wonders and signs are done by the apostles and then the believers are together and have all of them. Mm-hmm. But we see 
those three things. Repent and be baptized every one of you and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Ah, now, we quickly dash to Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and, and I'm now giving the story in backwards because Jesus is now talking about this day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1 verse 5 where he says, Oh, don't really baptize with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. This is the same scripture that in Acts chapter 11 verse 15 uh, 12 to 18 there, Peter was saying when the Holy Ghost fell on them, I remembered the word of the Lord. How that he said, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So who was I that I could withstand God? So we see here uh, in verse 6, when therefore they were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel and he said to them it is not for you to know the times of the season which the father has put in his own power but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the most part of the earth and when he had spoken these things while they beheld he was taken up and the cloud received him out of their sight these are the last words of Jesus you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So for me, this is really essential that the believer in Jesus Christ must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and must be, must receive or must be empowered to be a witness. So you, you wonder what is happening in the way we have taught halfway uh, the, the scriptures that people have been half have not been as powerful witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ as the scripture recommends that people people are not fulfilling the, 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 their full potential of the gospel call. Whether it is a gospel call in business, a gospel call in education, a go, whatever it is, witnesses have evidence. And this evidence is powerful. All right. And then we will see in Acts in, in Luke chapter 24, uh, 46 to, uh, to 49, where Jesus had uh, risen from the dead, is giving the final charge to, to, to the disciples. And uh, he's saying, thus it is written that the Christ, that, and that it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead that, that day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, in the, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. This is the first group of people who believed on the Lord Jesus. He told them, my friend, you need number three. So don't leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Because now the endowment with power from on high had to come after Jesus had sat on the right hand of God exalted and received the promise of the Father and has shed forth that which they saw and had in Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 15 and uh, 16, 15 and we'll conclude with that. 
So Mark chapter very first words Jesus said according to Mark's gospel. Okay. Okay, we can say 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So in the dispensation of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is at hand and the time is fulfilled. Repent and believe the gospel. So he's talked about repenting and believing the gospel, and then in chapter 16, verse 15, as he's leaving, he tells the disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, which is a sign of number three. They shall, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. This is powerful witnessing. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Not only does the believer have authority to cast out devils, but he has power, dynamis, dynamic power. Speak with new tongues, take up serpents, they drink anything, cannot have them, lay hands on the sick, and they will come. And when he has spoken that, was received. Now, since this for me summarizes, this summarizes for me the essentials of the message of salvation, that believers, that the gospel, the good news is here, that the price has been paid, that um, Jesus has died, Jesus has made the path for, for man to God, and he, he demands that People, people respond to the message of salvation, that they may receive the fullness that he has provided for them. And it is coupled with being baptized, pledging the conscience to God publicly, yeah, and receiving the Holy Spirit. And so, for me, this aspect, this answers all the questions. Oh, some people they receive, some people they don't. These, these three things are essential to salvation. From all the scriptures we have seen, I am beyond convinced that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential. And because it is essential, it can't be partially distributed. We haven't gone into the details of the benefits of speaking in other tongues and the order in which we, it should be done privately and corporately in the church, but we see the essentialness or the, the, the mandate, and this is God's intervention, the message of the gospel, the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit coming upon the believer with the evidence of speaking in tongues and prophesying and magnifying God. 
Hallelujah. So we see that these signs follow them of belief. We see that this sign, these three things happen to everybody that received the message gladly. So if you have received the message gladly, it is automatic that you should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, for some reason, some people have not received the, the gift of the Holy Ghost, but that doesn't mean it is not for it's not their portion. For example, in context, you can see that when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria received the word of God, they sent apostles Peter and John for that specific mandate. When uh, Paul reached Ephesus, he asked them, have you received the Spirit since you believed? It seemed obvious that this must happen. For those, those three things must be there uh, to establish that people are disciples or are believers in the Lord Jesus. So wherever you are, this is your portion as a believer. One, to receive the message you have received. Two, to be baptized in water. Let me, I don't think we have fathomed the blessing that it, there is in, in, in water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I think that is something we should explore. This it's in line with uh, the message of uh, evangelism. We should really ensure that it, it is done. And then the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Oh, this one I could talk for another two weeks straight uh, by the grace of God. We cannot overemphasize the need for the supernatural element in the life of the believer. We cannot overemphasize it. And so this should encourage you. Uh, I will end with a, with a testimony that uh, recently, uh, actually on the third anniversary of Breakthrough, I met a five-year-old son of uh, uh, Apostle Robert Shurunda and uh, I asked him about this. Have you received the Spirit since you believed? And he, 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 he could actually tell me, relate an experience he had when he was four. Uh, and they were, I think, in a prayer meeting and he, he, with his dad. And he said, the words came to me and I spat them out. And I had never had it like that. But they, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues. So he, he the words filled his heart and they were so he was so full he spat them out uh, and that for me really characterizes uh, the third component you know that the, the spirit comes upon you out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that's a scripture uh, that, that we, we hear often but the speaking is is an overflow of the fullness of the heart and so when he said I spat them out the words were full in his mouth and I mean a five year old could relate that spiritual component for sure anyone above with, 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 with that kind of understanding should know that this is a component I thank you for your time and hand over back to you Pastor. for more information call or whatsapp 704 